0: A Pulp MX Network production.
1: The only athlete-to-athlete podcast in the sport. Questions from a different perspective. The hard questions you want answered about training, riding, and being a professional athlete. Not only in motocross, but in other sports realms as well. Welcome to Shifting Gears, the Zach Osborne Podcast. What's up, people? shifting gears episode 5 featuring martin davalos um super stoked about this one Uh, marty and i got together in my motorhome at the indy supercross marty was super open and honest he's one of the funniest dudes in the pits uh one of the best dudes in the pits one of my good friends and um we were able to have a, a really good conversation for about an hour about his career and um accomplishments his um Yeah, struggles lately and just kind of everything in between. Um, He was, like I said, honest and and open about everything, and um, I think that made it a really good interview. It's one that I'm proud of, and um, I feel like you guys will enjoy. As always, Marty went home with the Scosche gift bag that he was stoked on. Um, If you guys want to purchase some Scosche stuff, use the code ZACHO25 on their website, zacho 25 at scosch s-c-o-s-c-h-e dot com and uh that's a little hookup so here it is thanks for listening shifting gears episode five um grace with the presence of martin Davalos, um multi-time light supercross winner all-around good dude one of my favorite teammates ever from my whole career marty how's it going Saco, thanks for having me man i'm i'm good um
0: Excited to talk to you. I know you're you're you moved up to the 450s now, and that's something I've been wanting to do now <laughs> for a while. Um, but yeah, excited to be here and just kind of talk to you a little bit about everything. I mean, you, you're one of the guys that that's been around um, me my pretty much my whole career. We were uh, teammates, Rebel KTM, 2007, and then obviously we met up again after you went to Europe to. Yeah.
1: Um, 3 years 14 uh, 15 16 17 yeah we
0: passed yep. so yeah it's it's exciting and uh yeah um yeah share some a little bit of
1: story with you yeah dude um so obviously last year you were ripping at some unfortunate injuries this year you haven't quite had you know the the year that you've been looking for but you know that can turn around at any given point um, it's nice to see that you're back from, you know, a massive deal last year and just a, a long recovery. Um but yeah, this year so far, like I said, hasn't been exactly what you wanted, obviously
0: yeah it's been a, it's been a little bit of a um rough start for me and you know last last year was um i was coming in really healthy and, and and wanted to you know just make a run and at least be there and and you know obviously fight with you for the championship and fight with whoever else was gonna be there and you know that's that's how i prepare myself to to do it you know there was just an unfortunate um mistake from somebody and it just kind of you know put me out for a while and then it was just you know when you have those little injuries well it was a big injury for me it just kind of you know just sets you back quite a bit and then you're questioning a lot of things and then I, I already had a knee problem um, that uh, that happened at the end of outdoors when uh, Husky gave me that 450 chance so uh, yeah I decided uh, you know obviously after we found out that I, I had a cracked c7 on my neck I, uh, I was just I had a partial tear on my on my MCL, I'm sorry, ACL coming into the season, and I just, you know, in that crash, I completely tore the the, the knee and my my MCL, ACL, everything was messed up. So, um, yeah, just dark times for sure. Just trying to get out of it, you know, the the painfulness of sitting, you know, the whole summer. I mean, pretty much sitting the whole Supercross season, watching, and you know, just it kind of sucks when you're you coming in so prepared. Um, and it happens the first race yeah it 's just that that is just terrible
1: you were definitely next level marty um last year, like even from the I felt like from press day, I was like, oh man like marty <laughs> marty 's on one like i 'm gonna have to really you know he's going to be the the biggest guy to, to race for this ch- championship, and I feel that you definitely would have been.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I came very prepared, and obviously one one thing is to, you know, to show in practice and he raced, but you know at the end of the day it was it was going to be tough. I mean, you've won already a championship, and you you know what what was was coming. So, and con- con- um, consistency, you know that I've struggled with that throughout my career a little bit. A lot of people have questioned my con- consistency, but. Um, I just felt well prepared. I mean, it's just it, it, I just felt great that year, and it, you know, it happens to all of us. You know, yeah. sometimes we have those off seasons that just everything goes according to plan. You know, and and it was that year. So, it is what it is, man. I, it just it's something that I think uh, you know it happens for a reason. You know, I, I'm I'm a God's believer, in, and sometimes you know those little things just make you stronger for uh, life in general, you know, not, I just, I really don't just look at it as my career in yeah. the motorcycle, but just for so my, my, my life in general, you know, when, when, uh, when things get, get tough is, uh, you know, eventually, you know, I, I know how to um, become better.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely anyways, I feel like I always grow in, in every aspect of life, my faith, my, my home life, um, even in my racing when I'm injured, like I feel like you know it gives you some time for reflection and and you can kind of take a step back and see things from from a different look and just kind of really gain some knowledge and experience from everything that's that's at least my approach i try to you know try to just step back and you know not not really question why it's happening but at the same time give it a good look as to maybe what you could have done differently or whatever but um yeah like getting back to this year you know you have been good had some good main events some top fives and stuff but like you're you're one of the best riders in the pits in my opinion and you've yeah yeah it just hasn't quite gone the way you wanted it to obviously
0: yeah it's been it's been a tough season i mean i i I really the off season was was decent yes it's quite good to be honest with you struggle a little bit um communication with my setup um I don't know. I just, I just, I've, I fell a little lost, you know, I just, I have not clicked with it. Did you have a new bike this year? No, no, the bike's the same. We've obviously, you know, the, the off season manufacturers develop you yeah. know, quite a bit. They, they come up with new, new things and our bike's great. I mean, it, the, the, the other guys are winning on it and I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's the bike to be honest with you. I think it's, it's been how I, I've set up my bike. Um, you know, like I said, I've been a little lost with it. I have not clicked. Any kind of weekend so far, you know, with where I just, I just feel like the old Supreme, Martin, you know, yeah. just like everything just comes very effortless, and it's just been a struggle too, uh, uh you know, at home, you know, it's just I, I do have, you know, some, some. Uh, some shines here and there of of that feeling, but it's I just don't have a consistency yeah. um constant feeling that that I'm looking for so we've done some changes, and you know obviously we got this is four races left on the east coast, but for me i just well I've said this a few times you know i i i wanted it i've i've been wanting it to be my last year on a two fifty and i wanna if if it comes to a retirement point i wanna you know. I feel like I've done well in my career, and I just I want to make sure I retire happy, you know. Like, you know, you you're real good. You're Into riding it, well, yeah. and not just riding around. Fading because away, yeah. It's just to me this that's how it's been feeling this year, you know. I just I've been riding around, and it, it that's just not that's not me at all.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of some up to date stuff, but dude, like, it's a feat in itself to come from a country like Ecuador not that not that it's a bad place or something like this but it's far from like a motocross mecca you know it's not like it's you know France or Italy or somewhere like that where guys readily come out of of ecuador ready to go pro racing like that's an accomplishment in itself
0: yeah definitely and and you know when i left in 2003 i mean motocross was it's it was just so small and i think you're you you can probably relate to it because you've you've been in europe quite a bit of years and i know you've done some of the um enduro's and all that in south america and you know that you know some of the countries down there are really poor yeah that's that's our country is really poor and motocross has developed and throughout the years and it's getting a lot a little better people are really realizing that you know what what it is that you need to be able to you know come out of ecuador and be somewhat competitive yeah i did a lot of Latin american championships and that kind of helped me a and lot that's
1: like ecuador venezuela
0: yeah uh, Latin american championships just everything in in, in latin, latin america, america. Yeah. yeah so and then they're in different countries yeah different countries back in 2000 and uh early 2000s i'd say um you know they used to have three rounds four rounds like a little mini championship um and then obviously you accumulate the points and you will win it yeah um this year's, i know that that um some people have told me you know that obviously the economy is, is not the greatest so they're just doing it one round so if you win the, the one round you're just yeah. latin american you? you're the latin american champion so but yeah the, the, definitely the the sport has grown not just in ecuador but in south america in general that's why um I feel like Brazil has got the strongest of South America where it comes to motocross. That's why you don't see any Brazilian yeah. people here in the United States because it's it's uh, it's one of the only countries. I'd say probably the only country that actually um, riders get paid to yeah. actually race uh, because
1: trust even me, when we went to Brazil, like for GPs and stuff, there would be um, like you know the equivalent of like a, I don't know Hibit Sports or something like that on the street in Brazil, and there's like pictures of antonio balbi in the window and like you know it was pretty even you know almost 10 years ago it was becoming pretty like mainstream
0: oh yeah definitely i mean brazil has got their 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 stuff together that's for sure um but yeah coming from ecuador man it's just it's been a a a really amazing thing for me to just really climb the ladder a lot of people really don't realize where i came from and only a few people know. Um, my amateur career, unfortunately, was just way too too short. Um, I wish I, I could have made it a lot longer, just because I needed the experience. For me, I was I was a weekend warrior guy. I never trained um, during the season. Um, it was all about school for my family yeah. and you know soccer and all that. So um, came out here two thousand and three. I met obviously Davy and in, in the world uh, World Cup in Spain, and then they invited me over. Colleen put me in to the B class. I did well that year. They put me, they bumped me to the A and did well, and boom, I was pro. And it was just like,
1: wow. So it was just like kind of on a whim that you met Davey in Spain, and then he was like, hey, come over and race some races? Or like you were like, I'm going to America to be. A champion.
0: No, basically I met him in Spain and he told me, hey, you know, we became really close friends and we kept in touch and he's like, hey, why don't you come to my house to ride? Nothing crazy, you know, just come do you know, minios, whatever. Yeah. So I came here um, for two weeks, spent some time then I saw him the following year at the World Cup in Austria and he's like, hey, we're opening the, the facility, the of training facility you should come out and just stay with us um, well, so I I got back home and my dad is like Instead of sending you away, you know, um, a lot of people do it in Ecuador. S- send your your kid away to learn English yeah. for a year, like whatever a boarding school, type thing. Yeah, just go and you know, it'll be good for you. You'll ride, you'll train. We never thought about pro. Yeah, we just thought about just give me the opportunity to come and learn the learning yeah learn english <laughs> so he sent me and yeah i mean i fell in love with it i did good colleen um helped me with um getting in, t- in touch with call grass with suzuki so he helped me out a little bit with the with the bikes and man it just gosh it happened so fast it was like just way too fast i mean i really wish i could have you know maybe do b class two years a class two years but I mean, I'm grateful that it, I, I had the opportunity to, you know, become pro and yeah. and do decent, but I also wish I could have
1: had a little more time. Yeah, same. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I, I wish I would have had at least one more, maybe two more years amateur. I feel like it could have made a big difference in the beginning. But, like, having said that, it's quite uh, quite incredible for you to come from basically a weekend warrior in Ecuador in 2003 go back home 2004 2005 and then you were supercross podium in 06 in atlanta right was yeah first yeah podium?
0: my second race man it's just it was just amazing that's like
1: a pretty big three-year whirlwind like not, that doesn't happen
0: no it doesn't happen happen and that's when you know a lot of um doors opened up for me and you know i was able to sign with ktm and obviously that's when you know i met you and and just yeah a it just kind of my, my my career started and 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 obviously at that point you know I just my head was so big I was so pumped you know I'm like <laughs> dude I, I, I really I really like have done something you know and now now that I have achieved um, got on the podium you know like let's let's keep um, plugging away so I've always been a hardworking kid um, sometimes I tell myself I, I, I work too hard and I've gotten in trouble before. A, a few a, a past years, I've gotten in trouble because of it, and yeah, now now the age is hitting, not, so it's it's definitely easy to get in trouble. Do you feel too hard.
1: Uh, there was a listener question um, that kind of fits where we're at? Um, it was from. Dark side, he has a different podcast, moto, moto X podcast. Uh, as a veteran of the sport, have you noticed a significant change in fitness? Is it more difficult to find the same level as in previous years? Also, are you equally willing to take risks as you would have been a few years ago?
0: Well, that is a great question. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you i my body reacts differently. I mean, it, it's just there's there's absolutely no comparison i i'm thirty two now i have to really really work smart when it comes to my body i mean i I, riding to me is the most important thing obviously and then i adjust my training to it right um you know i'm not i'm not superhuman. i i really have to watch what i do and obviously the eating um it's hard to you know it's it's hard to stay on track when it comes to that And, and and you really have to um you really have to be consistent with what you do and then uh I'm definitely not willing to take the risks i used to i mean i'm I, my body can't handle it like you know sometimes i see you know i, I think that's one of the hardest things that uh, that i'm i'm going through this year is uh you know these guys are just crazy yeah. they, they really are i mean they're willing to to just put it all out there and and i, I mean i i clap for them but but you know i'm i'm not willing to i i, I care about life that's what i say yeah. i care about life but this this kids don't care about life um but, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the challenge. I mean, I, I wish I had a little more, um, I'd say, less years, but I, I still feel like I'm competitive. You know, yeah. I, I still feel like I, I have it in me, and, and that's that's one of the things for me. I, I, I still enjoy this sport, and to me if i could do it until my body says no no more or my mind just says dude it's it's time to do it that that would be like that would be a dream come
1: true yeah. you know, obviously so we'll see yeah i i feel like there's there's a point in my career now where i'm at i'm obviously not many years behind you but uh, things that used to be sketchy to me are not quite as as sketchy but like there is an Uh, almost another level of risk involved nowadays, like, you know, just like the jump last weekend in Daytona, you know, shoot, that was like half a normal rhythm lane that we were jumping in one, you know, one hit, like, that was unheard of, even... Four or five years ago exactly i mean that and that's a perfect example and like all the t- like the top 15 lights guys were jumping you know it, it's crazy exactly i mean and, and you just see that all the years the bikes are developed yeah. more i mean they're faster
0: they're better everybody I, I feel like the merge of of equipment being you know it's it's merged to be all of them you know there's not much of an advantage yeah. anymore um i think it, i think it becomes um you know how you set up your bike for this and obviously who's willing to take the Mm-hmm. risk um, you know i when i think it was we we were doing press day in detroit it was detroit the triple crown and uh, we had press day and i went out there and there was a rhythm section that i went uh, that i came inside and I went three 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 one and uh, i came off the first practice and i'm like somebody's gonna go quad mm-hmm. and sure enough we went out second practice and fortner just goes quad and i'm like Dude, I'm going to have to do this now? Yeah. Like, are you
1: kidding me? I mean, I I did it on Saturday. I didn't ride press. And I I saw Dean jump it on Friday. But even on Saturday, like, you know, they mellowed it way out. It wasn't even really a quad. It was just kind of like a, a flat landing out there. But it was still like, that is huge. And whoever decided to jump it when it wasn't like this is Insane. Yeah, and another thing that people don't
0: realize is you're not you're not using like um, a perfect smooth takeoff, <laughs> ever. you know. You, ever. I mean, you know, we have to do this big jumps with ruts all over the face, you know, there's unpredictable kickers in there, yeah. you know, sometimes somebody gets cross and there's a little bit of a, a mud in there so I feel like we are incredible. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of us that we are racing, like, you know, sometimes you just like to see what we do is, is
1: incredible. Yeah. And I, it, it, it's, you know, I feel like, yeah, we are superhumans. Yeah. Skosh, accessories for life. Listen, guys, their slogan sums it up they are accessories for your life. I use the Magic Mount Vent Clip every day, boom bottle all the time, go bat when we're traveling. Whatever it may be, the functionality and durability of these products is second to none. That's why myself and Rockstar and J Husqvarna Factory Racing choose Scosche. Accessories for life. Check them out at com. My dad actually, he walked across the track last weekend from the stands in Daytona because, you know, that's kind of the only way out at night and he was like, man I i just didn't realize how gnarly the track was, you know, that rhythm lane, the, the ruts were like knee deep and the whoops, they I don't even know what that was like a minefield and I'm like Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, but you know, from the stands, it didn't look like that." I'm like, "Yeah, no joke." Yeah, and a lot of people, even when you watch it on TV,
0: when you know, when the West Coast was going on, and I was like, the tracks look so easy, so effortless, but you know, it's another another animal once you're racing. You know, it's it's crazy. So, um, yeah, what we do is incredible. What our body does, you know, to adjust and to be able to do this every single weekend, it's it's also incredible.
1: Yeah, do you feel like? I mean, obviously, you've raced a – is this your 14th season? It's my 14th season, so yeah. Uh, Do you feel like that there's been enough – I don't know how to say this without – I'm not, like, bashing the the tracks or anything, but I feel like we need a little bit of progression with obstacles and tracks to fit where the bikes are because I feel like – we're still kind of in two thousand and six as far as tracks goes and, and fifteen years on from from with the bikes, you know?
0: Well I feel like in two thousand and six they were gnarlier. <laughs> I agree. Or maybe the bikes were not as good. <laughs> or maybe good. my skill
1: wasn't as good. Yeah,
0: but you know, I think right now they're they're you know, they're just making the tracks so everybody is super close and to make it, you know, exciting for the fans and all this, but, you know, sometimes I just, sometimes I just kind of pisses me off a little bit because, you know, we work so hard during the right. week, you know, we bust our butts at the gym, putting in the hours, testing every single day, you know, like... Trying to get through
1: a set of whoops. and Trying
0: then. to get through a set of whoops. The team is spending so much money to come here uh, to the tracks that are, you know, not near what we are practicing on, so sometimes it's just kind of bummer, but then I tell myself, well, everybody's got to do it, you know, like, why am I the only one complaining? Uh, Well, you know, everybody's got to do it, so um, I just kind of try and forget about it and
1: just, you know, try and do my best with whatever we have. Enjoy what you have. So, um... Obviously, like, the hot topic of the last five or six years for you has been moving up and not moving up and all that. Like, point blank, I know you very well, and I know – I have a good idea of how many 450 contracts you've had in your hand and turned down. Like, how many is it? None. Thank you. Okay. It's just – I – I And I've caught plenty of flack last year especially, the year before a little bit, but last year especially, you know, move up, stop riding with kids, blah, 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 like all this stuff. But, like – at what point do people want you to you know be a 450 privateer over making a couple hundred thousand dollars racing in the lights class like we're at the end of the day you're trying to make a living right
0: yeah at the end of the day that's what uh people don't understand unfortunately um what people need to understand is that i still love this sport you know and i have a family and i have to be able to to make money to support myself, right. I, I I feel like I've sacrificed so much. I came here um, as a nobody, and if this sport is not gonna be able to pay my bills, yeah, then I am not gonna do it. Yeah, you course. know, like it's just my I'm, I'm older now. It's just it's just too much risk. So, yeah. unfortunately for me, I I felt like. Um, I've been wanting an opportunity. It's just
1: – And just, you get – like in 17, you, your results outdoors were plenty good enough to warrant an opportunity. But I feel like at times, even for me, the year before I won – like last year, I didn't really have the option to ride the 450. It was like, here's your 250 deal, you know? Yeah. And I would just been two-time champion, and I was supposed to move up for outdoors, but they were like – yeah, but you can still win in the 250 class. So exactly. You know, here, here's where you are. Exactly, and you, I mean, you're you're saying it after winning
0: multiple championships. So that's what people don't understand. Like, gosh, people want me to move up. Let's go ahead and everybody, let's start a Martin Davalos Foundation, <laughs> and let's go ahead and buy me a 450. Yeah. Buy me some factory parts, and guys, I will be more than happy to to you know to race for everybody for yeah. the fans on a 450 I want to I want to ride I want to ride a 450 so badly in 2000 and, and uh, yeah 17 it was when Bobby gave me the opportunity he actually called me cause I w- I've been p- trying to put it in the contract hey guys please just please let me ride 450 outdoors just I mean I just I need an opportunity just make it happen like just make it work so after vegas um i went back to florida got my 250 wrote it for a day i think it's just two and two weeks before uh, hangtown yeah. i get a phone call from bobby hewitt from from husky and he's like hey bud i have i don't know if you want to consider this good news or i don't know how you want to take it i said <laughs> just give it to me dude just throw it at me he's like you have the opportunity to ride a 450 outdoors, um, or you could do um, 250s. I said, stop. Mm-hmm. Send me a 450 right now. Yeah. I didn't even have to think about it, like, twice. I mean, I'm like, this is my chance. Right. So they sent me a 450. Obviously, I had two weeks. I didn't even test. I didn't care about testing. I just wanted to get on the bike, get going, get a little bit of seat time went on and you know I struggled a little bit at the beginning I was completely a fish out of the water I had no setup on the bike no seat time that's
1: understandable though you know with
0: yeah but uh, but race you know three Colorado I had some some shiny moments I got a whole shot I was leading a little bit then you know I just started to feel comfortable and then you know started getting top fives you know got on the podium um, three times and I was like dude I, I love this bike I feel like I am I'm I have a good chance of maybe this year being the breakthrough and open a door for me yeah. on the 450. And, yeah, man, that just just didn't happen. Yeah. The, the year came to an end and I was just sitting scratching my head saying, I mean, why do I need to do? I mean, why do I need to do? I'm not asking for millions of dollars. I just want to be able to pay my bills and, and have yeah. a good life with my wife just didn't happen. Yeah. And then so so I told myself we either retire or what do we do? And you know, I we ha- I had long talks with my wife. I mean, I love I love to raise, you know, yeah. like I don't want to retire. Right. Like why why do I have to retire for people that don't want me on the 250? Yeah, who you cares? know? I don't care. So i told her i said i want to i want to race yeah so if it's going to be a 250 well it's going to be a
1: 250
0: (laughs) so we you know got the opportunity to sign with mitch you know got well prepared obviously at the end of outdoors i got i got third at, at um botts creek and then second moto was running um third and blew my top five i think was running and blew my knee and then obviously Got it fixed. The next thing ha- um, happened, and then here we are. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been a, it's been a, a roller coaster for sure. And I, I really hope people understand. You know, it, it's it. This is a tough sport for all of us. You know, and I think that, you know, a lot of people badging on this guy and this guy. Everybody needs to be really happy. For all of us, you yeah. know, because we are, we really are trying our hardest to put in a, a good performance right. out there. Right.
1: At the end of the day, it's, we're, you know, in a sense, entertainers. And, and it's, it sucks to, it's hard to not read comments and this and that and the other and, and feel a little bit like, man, you know, why doesn't this person understand or whatever. But I've come to the conclusion sort of recently that, like, it, it, if they have those opinions where, they're just, like, not not what you think, then they probably don't know the situation well enough to even be talking about it, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. And there's going to be people that really don't get it, and it happens in every kind of sport, you know? It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, if you're not on top, you're on the bottom, you know? You suck, <laughs> you do this. Why is this guy still in the class? you need to give another guy a chance? But, you know, I really don't don't think people know what we go through you know what goes through our minds and how hard it is to to be at this competing at this level so yeah. gosh man i i realized throughout my years that i do this for myself yeah. you know i don't do it for anybody else but for myself just because of the joy i have of riding a motorcycle right. i truly truly enjoy this
1: sport yeah. and that's what i care about even like even in the tough times i feel like you know there's times where i get down or i'm like bummed out because it's not going the way I feel it should or whatever but even then like there's people who would kill to be you know in our position or or have our job or our lifestyle it's it's pretty incredible. To say the least. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a dream come through for me, uh,
0: for me, for sure. Uh, coming from Ecuador, you know, seeing where I, I was to where I'm at right now, and you know how proud my family is from from uh, everything I've accomplished, you know, um, so far. And and that to me is, you know, when when the day comes of me retiring, I'm gonna look back and I could I I will be able to tell my kids how amazing you know this country has been to welcoming me, to be able to give me an opportunity to to do what I love and yeah that that's that's you know that's going to be the story
1: yeah obviously you're married now um you plan on staying here forever or or ecuador back to ecuador full time or no my um my wife has got
0: a a, a, you know she went to school for a lot of a a lot of years and she's a pediatric pediatric dentist now and she's got a, a good job and i think uh you know i think we, we're gonna stay here um we're happy here right now obviously we, we i miss my family but we will go back and forth to yeah. visit you know we plan on starting a family eventually
1: and um yeah see where life takes us yeah of course um going back a little bit last year you were working with timmy uh ferry and you guys seemed to gel like I mean, like brother and brothers, or like father and son, or whatever the case. But this year, you moved to to Ricky's. Um, was that like your decision, or what, what was the deal there? <laughs> that was the
0: hardest decision I've had to make because. Um when i was with um bobby and bobby told me go train with timmy i was like gosh i got to move to florida again i moved to california i've been here for 3 years but it was one of the best decisions that i made in my career you know working at, um going to work with timmy where where he brought me to just not Timmy as 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 a as a writer as a an ex amazing writer, but just as a person, you know, like him and his family, Evie, the kids. I just we connected so well, and um, unfortunately, you know, it was coming to the, to an end for school for my wife, yeah, and she got an, a really good um, job offer in Thomasville, Florida, and. At that point, you know, we've, we've been struggling with a long distance, traveling back and forth. I mean, you, we, weren't, we weren't stable right. when it came to a household. And at that, at that point, you know, before my excuse was, I cannot move to Augusta where you study because there's no facilities yeah. for me to train at. Um, well, now that she got a job in, you know, near Tallahassee, there's MTF, there's Carmichael's, yeah. there's all these facilities. We need to, you know, we need a. Merge, you know. Re-evaluate. So yeah. I had no choice, right. and I I didn't sleep for so many nights. And this was going on with with my when my my neck and my knee injury was was happening. And I knew I was going to race for Mitch the following year. I was really thinking about driving back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I was that. That's how crazy I was. But then I, I told myself, I mean, I cannot drive three and a half hours. You know, stay f- a few days here, drive three and a half hours. I mean, I think it's going to be okay to a yeah. certain extent, but it's going to get old, right. you know. So I had to call him and, and, and tell him, you know. And I still talk to Tim, and it's just, man, it, it, it's it been one of the hardest decisions I, I miss I miss their, him
1: and his, his family so much, and um, yeah, it's just it's where I'm at. Yeah, it seemed like you were like yeah, part of the family, you know. And same with like Jalik Swol, who he trains also, you know. Like yeah. you guys were all really tight, and and it seemed like a really good, healthy situation for for you and also for Jalik now.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, this sport is about being happy, you know, being yeah. really having a connection with the people that you're working with. Um, Believing in what you're doing, and I think if you have those things in your corner and really have people that care about you, um, I think I think most likely you're you're gonna be alright. Yeah. so I felt that connection with them, and uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I think it's just part of life that we gotta we gotta make hard decisions. And you know, I'm 32 now. I I, I have to make it. You know, I had I had to
1: to make it work for my family. So, yeah. um, that's it's just part of life. Yeah, yeah. Lately, Alden's had this uh, fly swat that he brings out to the track because he says uh, all the time that like we you know we have long faces or we we're like getting down on stuff and we need to kind of not that we're not appreciative but um that we need to enjoy it more you know it kind of take in the time and, and it's nice to kind of hear you say that and you know knowing you and and kind of seeing the gratitude that you have on your face for the sport and what what it's given you and where where you came from and everything it's uh it's kind of speaks volumes to to that that whole situation
0: definitely i i i feel like you know we we're all gonna have bad days i mean there's there's days that we go to the track and we, you're like you're a fish out of, out of water yeah. you know you're like i mean i was riding so well what's going on like my bike set up but at the end of the day you know like for me trust me i have those days too like we all do i don't care who you are we all do but that's when you know i think it's so important to be able to to really realize why you're doing this, yeah. you know, and, and really just be happy that okay, today I'm I'm not riding well, yeah, but why am I riding? You know, be, just because I love I love it, you know, and and to me that is, I think that has helped me throughout my career so much coming to the races you know a lot of people are questioning what's happened to martin what's happened to this guy like why is it this and that and at the end of the day i am struggling guys but guess what i am loving racing still i know i'm struggling i know that there are some issues out there and i i want to be on the podium i want to be out there but i have to be happy because i'm doing what i love even though i am not performing at my best yeah so you know, at the end of the day, I I feel like that that is the way I think, and that's how I've always approached my my life. Yeah,
1: you know, just to be positive. It's easy as a racer to like, to set goals and reach goals, and then you're like, you know, for example, like when you get your first podium, you're pumped because that was your goal. You know, you wanted to get on the podium, and then you, and then you, all you want to do is win. But you, you start to like almost not appreciate the podiums as much until you get the next win. And then but but you have to sometimes kinda take a step back and be like, look, you know, last weekend I would have been super stoked with this fifth place or, you know, I'm carrying a a niggling deal in and if I could if I if you would have told me on Wednesday that I was gonna get fifth I would be stoked right now. It's easy to kinda lose sight of that and I feel like for me especially the older I get and obviously just hearing you talk the The more experience you gain It's kind of easy to Bounce back to those things a a little bit Truer or easier than What it was when you were young you know when you were just Like fighting for every little Inch I think there's
0: nobody in in the world That is going to judge yourself more Than you judge you you know there's could be people saying whatever but you know what you're feeling there's nobody that knows your feeling you know how you rode you know what's happening so if you had a good night you're gonna know that if yeah. you had a bad night you're gonna know that also so i think it's important just to really you know be happy with where, where you're at in life yeah. you know it's just uh, you're not this is how I look at it i don't think you're going to be the best every single weekend i yeah. mean there are tons of people with so much talent in this sport but it's how you approach it how can you make this weekend the best for you yeah. you know not you might not be the best that night but how can i come out happy because I was good.
1: Right. Did, your, did your very did best your, or score exactly. as many points as you possibly could. I feel like that's something that um, a lot of amateur kids kind of lose sight of when they first turn pro is, you know, they go from dominating every weekend, no matter what, no matter who's there, and then they get on the line in in a pro race and there's 10 or 12 of those people who did the same thing every weekend and then they get beat by one of those people or someone they used to be and they like lose sight of kind of the progression of it all and, and i think i feel like that there's that's something that we lack here in the states is like a feeder program to help those guys through those periods i agree you're totally right i the the thing about it is that a lot of the amateurs
0: come in with so much expectation. You know, uh, I am the guy. Yeah. I am the guy. But you're not the guy anymore. Yeah. You know, you were the one guy. Of ten guys. Exactly, and you're not turning pro in racing kids or yeah. racing amateurs anymore. Right. You're racing experienced guys. Yeah past champions you know you're racing quality riders you know so you need I feel like obviously I never had the chance because I was never that guy on the amateur world but you know these kids have the chance of you know Sometimes I feel like they put too much pressure on on themselves, and there has been only a few kids that have come out of the amateurs and just lit the world on fire and just kept it going. Exactly. But um, yeah, I think that if there was a little bit more of a guidance, you know, on how to how to really take on the pros and not, because there has been times where an amateur kid that is it's been it's it's been so talked about and coming in the pros, if he doesn't succeed it could ruin his career Yeah, right off the bat exactly if he doesn't get what he's expected to you know that could be that could be trouble right. so um it's important to have that guidance to them you know and and and, and to let them know that dude you're not racing the, the kids that you were racing or you're racing the very quality riders yeah
1: fly racing usa dudes i love a boa system okay if it were up to me everything would be boa no more shoelaces no more snaps just boa boa everything so when fly told me they were putting the boa system on some of their pants totally stoked um i love everything i have from fly and one thing that people probably don't know is they make some pretty sick mountain bike stuff so when i'm out on my levo crushing it i love to wear fly check them out flyracing.com all right. Let's move on to some more fun stuff. We've covered all the all the bases on your career, and you know the the whole lights class deal or two fifty class, whatever. I think it's it's still a pretty ludicrous ar- argument that anyone. You know, like I said, if anyone has an argument with it, then they don't really know.
0: I think at this point, Zach, it's just people don't know what else to say to me. <laughs> I mean, gosh, guys, I've been on the likes class for 14 years. I mean, you should know by now that I've been wanting to move. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's people are silly. You know, they they they, they kind of want to bring up... I, I feel like the you know there are people that want to bring drama and start something, and it's okay, guys. Do it with me, it's fine. I, I love it. It, it. it gives you a reason to talk about me more. So, <laughs>
1: it Aww. is what it is. Um. All right. Well, what is the what's your favorite team you've ever been on? Like not like just you know PC or Husky, but like what year was your favorite year? Like. Camaraderie wise, team wise, um. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to t- tell you. Uh, I mean, it's. I think I was so
0: excited when I signed my first factory team, yeah. my, my fa- factory deal. I was just so excited. That was like one of my best years. Even though obviously there was so much pressure, I feel like I've developed a lot of connections with it with a team and teams and team owners and team staff. Um, that I just I believe that I have, you know i have seen seen a different side of the actual you know boss, yeah
1: um but mo- more like a friend kind of yeah, that's because you're a likable you know well rounded person so personality i've I've loved
0: my last couple of years, um you know with Bobby Hewitt, obviously with mitch, we have such a good um quality friendship, and um I'm just so blessed to have that you know just to be able to I can go to them and just talk to them as a friend, but not just scare because he's my boss yeah. and they understand now that they're not dealing with a kid e- either. You know, I, I'm I don't like talking bull crap to them, and I tell them straight up
1: how it is. You know, yeah. how, if I'm struggling, if it's I'm funny not- how that dynamic changes a little bit, even from like your 24, 25 year old days to your like 28, 29 year old days. That it, it's like a they're talking to it's not like you're their son anymore or they're talking to a younger kid they're talking you know across to you not down to you exactly i think they have a little more um i think they see you more
0: as a as an adult now for sure you know and um not as a kid you know a lot of people 25 you're still kind of i mean 25 you're still kind of young you know like now you you get into the 30s you know you're (laughs) you're mature man
1: (laughs) you're very mature grown adult yeah um all right, what about uh, one of my favorite stories ever? I've heard it 5,000 times. I was not personally there. But um, Jason, it's Jason's favorite Marty story. We all have a good Marty story. But Jason's favorite Marty story is when you got your tooth blown out at Unadilla. Oh, gosh. And, uh, and came in and then Scuba told you, yeah, nothing's wrong. And you're like, no, I'm pretty sure something's wrong. Yeah, Unadilla, you know, it was the
0: weirdest weekend ever. Unadilla is one of my favorite tracks. We go out, and I'm talking about we're going so slow. It's back in the day, um, Nationals, they used to pull out the yellow flag, the first lap for everybody to check out the track and go slow. So I'm going behind. I don't know who it was. It was a privateer guy. I'm going in the back, very slow, right behind him. And I just, from the corner of my eye, I see, like, I just slow motion. I see this rock coming to me, and I'm like, I don't know if I just smiled or what, but it just hit me and I'm like, uh wait, did that really happen? So so I'm like I'm obviously in a lot of pain, so I like I try and like touch it with my tongue and I'm like, no. This does not feel good. So we're talking about first lap, right? Super slow. We're not I'm not even going fast. So I pull into the mechanics area, I'm like, guys. What is going on with my (laughs) tooth? And Scoop was like, nothing, dude. I'm like, "Uh, something's going on because I feel like it's cracked. He started laughing, and I see just blood pouring out, and I'm like, I gotta qualify. (laughs) I'll see you guys. But so, what's happened is that the nerve was kind of exposed. So, man, it was a terrible feeling. And I had to ride the whole day like that. Then I went to the Asterix. They kind of put some kind of a pasting to cover their nerve, and I ended up getting fifth that weekend. (laughs) It was crazy. But um, yeah, such a good story. I mean, Jason, has been also a, an awesome teammate to to have and we had such a good connection all the, all the years that me you and him have been together has been just nothing but awesomeness in the, in, in, in the semi you know watching videos and yeah. everything and that you know that is kind of behind the scenes for uh, for people
1: that don't I know. wish people saw more of that because I think that they think we like sit in the semi and like monotonously stare at the walls and watch video you know very calmly and quietly but it's more like a Comedie, comedian comedy show in there
0: yeah but, but you know i gotta say that some people are you know they they want they're a little more serious and they they just kind of want to do their own thing but i, I feel like we did have have, have have had such a good connection as as friends and we were able to joke around and feel comfortable with each other so it was an awesome atmosphere and you know to have you know you're racing the guy but you're still it's so fun to be yeah. around. So I think that is it's important, you know, and people don't really understand. Like, we have fun.
1: Yeah. We really do. For sure. I, I enjoy coming to the races. That's been the toughest thing for me with this latest injury was, like, um I was so fired up to do A1 because I'd never done the full series. And people are like, oh, man, you know, you don't know about the 450 series. Like, it's so long. And I'm like, no, you don't know that what I want to do is go racing. Like, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy getting on the plane on Friday, going to the race, you know, seeing my friends, seeing my team that are my friends, you know, going there and, and doing the thing. Like, we're so lucky to have the opportunity to go racing every weekend. And then when I don't get to do that, I I was just epically bummed out.
0: Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, obviously for you, being your rookie year coming in, you're like, really? Like, this had to happen right worst now? Case like, scenario. Yeah, worst case. Like, we're approaching an A1, and you are so excited because you want to be there. Right. You want to be there. So... Um, You'll have your ch- you'll have your chance, and it's just it's something that you cannot manage, and and it happens. This sport is brutal for all of us, you know, and and sometimes you you have these little hiccups, you know. But like we talked about earlier, I think uh, that makes you better. Yeah. you make it over, you overcome, and you know you'll have your shot, your opportunity.
1: Um, one more question from Dane Evans. He says, does he have any iron? Does he ha- does he have any irons in the fire to stay in the industry after his pro racing career is over? If I if if I have the opportunity and, and what interests you,
0: trainer, I I love coach. For me, as a racer right now, and let's say I I would love to be able to help people. Um, you know, get through the stuff that I struggle. You know, I feel like recovering and really somebody that's lived the moment and has been there really understands what you really need to do. A lot of people, you know, have this idea, but I think it's different once you really live it. Yeah. Every single day, what you do on the track, what you're eating, when you're flying, what you are about to like experience yeah. what you're what people are going to talk what they expect out of you so i don't know man i just i i want to be i don't know if i could help somebody that'll be amazing if i could be around that i love this sport man yeah. I, I love this sport and if it's in the industry it is in the industry but obviously that's something out of my hands too it just uh, you know if i could help develop motorcycles and stuff i feel like i've i've done good good with my testing skills throughout my years um just trying to help that yeah. to me would be amazing
1: um i know you love to golf um what else do you do for fun
0: i golf and i golf and golf and golf <laughs> yeah because i i i mean you know we ride then we have the recovery rides or gym or whatever it is. And then, you know, Wednesdays are usually the days that I can get my cycling in really early in the morning. And then I have most of the day left to do some for fun. And then, obviously, some, when summer comes, I love going to the beach. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, is like a, a relaxing time and just kind of put my mind away and just trying to forget about everything so i love the beach love spending time at the gulf of mexico i love clear water white sand and tanning oil
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's just true latino though right yeah that's true latino people are, are gonna make fun of me for that one but i don't care all right marty this has been awesome you've been a great guest i appreciate your insight i appreciate your honesty um about all things um we always end this podcast with uh, some questions. So there's like some personality questions, or there's this or that. I think you should do the personality questions though, because you're a pretty, pretty funny guy. Let's do it. All right. Most important object you own that you've purchased. Uh, f-
0: that's a great question. Um, my golf clubs. Okay. I'm gonna have to say my golf clubs because I take pride of my that purchase. Okay. Um, guilty pleasure food. I, uh, pizza, pizza. Gosh, man, I feel like I could eat pizza every day, but I can't. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, morning person or night? I am a morning person. I love waking up to drink my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: biggest pet peeve? You uh, must have a ton because you're a complete knee freak. Um, yeah, I am actually. <laughs>
0: but you guys, you, you guys are not gonna believe. I, for some reason, I I have to put my right knee brace first that's for some reason i i i just have to do it i don't know why that's okay i I like that um weirdest quirk i don't know man i'm just i i I fool around too much maybe i don't know okay um
1: any other sport you could do or talent you could have, what would it be? I'd say golf. Golf? Yeah, I'll take golf. Um, travel back in time to any event, what would it be?
0: Uh, my first podium, Elena, 2006. It's just uh, that, that feeling is never going to leave my, my soul. You led that race for a long time, didn't you? I was in second, and I was racing my best friend, Davey, and he <laughs> fell. So Josh Graham was winning. He he falls. I'm like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? I'm in second, and then and then he got up, and obviously that's the year Davy won, and he's he was just another level. I'm like, you know what? His last lap. I'm like, if you want to pass me, go ahead. I'll take third. But man, the feeling that I was it was I was going through, and you know I had that big fro, yeah, going on. Gosh, I remember. man, I, I was yeah, there actually. I've seen pictures. It was crazy. <laughs> um, thing you're the worst at being uh dirty i mean i'm just a clean freak so i'm the worst at
1: like leaving messy mess behind yeah um thing you're the best at other than riding or training or like a hidden talent uh i'm great at ping pong oh really yeah and i'll be i'll be able I, i'm willing to challenge anybody oh wow that is deep uh i played um villaman was at alden's a couple weeks ago and he wore me out i thought i was pretty good at ping pong but he's a pretty long dude like his wingspan's pretty big and he worked me
0: well i'll tell you a, a quick story about ping pong uh sebastian tortelli came to Davies he when he was in suzuki back in the day and he's like i'm the champion whatever of ping pong ping pong and, I, and we davy had a ping pong table and i'm like dude i'm good at ping pong <laughs> like so and sebastian tortelli is here I'll bet your freaking jersey, man. I'm like pumped. You know, if I beat this guy, I'm going to get his jersey. I mean, he's a big deal. Yeah. So ended up, he was good, but I beat him, got his jersey. I still have it um, at the house. And uh, from there, I I feel like I'm good and I'm willing to. Zach,
1: I'll challenge you if that's the case. We might have to film this like a special uh, motocross edition of uh, Shifting Gears Ping Pong uh, at one of the races or something. Let's do it. Um A quote like words to live by? Just work hard, never look back. There you go. All right. Marty, thank you so much. It's been awesome. Um, Good luck this weekend. And, uh, yeah, kill it.
0: Thank you, Sacco. I appreciate the time.